Hi everyone, welcome to Picks and Flicks. This is a podcast where myself, Stephen Pigeon, and my co-host, CJ Welsh, take game and movie pairings and discuss them to see if they work against each other in different ways. Today, we're looking at Halo Infinite and Halo the TV series. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we occupy and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So, today looking at Halo Infinite, which is a new game by... Is it Bungie? No, interestingly, that's something a lot of people get caught up on. It is It is not Bungie and hasn't been for some time. Yes. The Halo games are now uh, created by 343 Studios, which is owned by Microsoft directly. So one one could just say Microsoft makes Halo. Cool. So that's Halo Infinite, and we are looking and we're looking at Halo the Paramount Plus TV series, um, created by Kyle Killen, and adapted from like the universe of the video games of Halo. Um, Lo- loosely adapted. We'll we'll get into that loosely, <laughs> and so that's where we are. So let's get into it. do it um cool all right i'll i'll do a little bit of a an intro here because i'm an og halo fan so oh yeah like way, i like grew up playing the game right, right? Yeah. yeah and i'm like i feel like i feel like we have to pay a little bit of respect to like how formative halo has been not just for games in general but like for me individually as a person oh man like it, yeah but playing halo combat evolved like the first one on pc was like the first like big video game i ever played First first person shooter. Like it's kind of the game that got me into games, right? Right. Like like it's it's like the legacy is huge. Like the importance is astronomical for me anyway. No, I vibe that. I think when I when I got the original Xbox, it was the only game I had for I wanna say probably like two or three months. And then I got like Project Gotham Racing, played it for I don't know, five days, put it down, never touched it again. Halo was definitely like the reason I owned an Xbox and it was the game I played probably the most of except mm. for maybe Super Mario 64 uh, a few years earlier. So this is this is also an interesting point too. So coming into Halo Infinite for me, I've played Halo 1, 2, 3 and Reach and I started 4 but I never finished 4 and I haven't played 5 and I haven't played Halo Wars. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so okay. I, I kind of came into Halo Infinite basically like with the last canonical game that I've played remember is Reach not, yeah. not oh, Halo 3 and Reach but yeah, yeah. yeah I mean yeah because technically Reach came out after but it's the prequel yeah yeah. that's interesting alright for me I've played every Halo including the really obscure hard to find ones like um, uh, Fireteam Raven yeah, which right. is the actual arcade game version um, I've played the board game I don't um, know it was a board game yeah I've played the two mobile games that came out yep. um, yeah I've played it all I, I, I've have you read the books? I have read all the books. Yep, I've read which, all the comics. Which came out after the first game, so technically the books adapted from the games. Yeah, quite right. Yeah. The, uh, the first the first book was... Act- I be- okay, I'm going to muck this up because I don't actually remember. Is it The Fall of Reach? Was that the first one? I'm fairly certain the first book was a prequel to the game, and it was The Fall of Reach. Yeah. But then they came out with the second book, which was a direct adaptation of the game itself, which was really interesting, because up until that point... The only versions of that I'd ever seen were for the Resident Evil series where they had book adaptations of the game, but then the books expanded on that. Mm. So like it's it's sort of a niche thing, especially for Resident Evil. It's like we haven't, I don't know if we've covered Resident Evil before and we, we probably should, so I won't go into too much detail, but. It's one that I want to do for yeah, a future episode, yeah. It's a weird um, thing to have books that s- expand on a video game world. 
because obviously this is you know if you go back in the day when the when things like Halo came out, it was it was incredible because it had such a profoundly interesting story, yeah, which was unusual at the time. And so to then have books expand on that and do stuff that they couldn't do in the games, but the books were made by the people who made the games. Yeah, they're not like, like, fan like, like the core like creative team and writers yeah. who worked on the games wrote the books. Same guys, so and, it was it, and like it's clear, like, yeah, it's, and it works so well, and that's why Halo Infinite and Halo the series don't. <laughs> and that's that's an interesting thing I think because one of the one of the things that we're about to talk about is what happens when you adapt what is a very very well fleshed out story rich video game universe and you completely ignore all of it the writers on a show pretty much boasted about the fact that they didn't play the games and essentially totally ignored it and just talked about the characters in the world and came up with their own story it's fascinating because and like that 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 means like they didn't even look at and understand what makes the games interesting like to begin with it's fascinating because you do you do question they obviously have the broad strokes of what Halo is. They're like, okay, there's a bloke, his name is the Master Chief, and he wears a special cyborg suit. Great. Uh, there's these aliens called the Covenant. They're the bad guys. Great. So they got the broad strokes. It's almost like they were in a room and somebody tried to, from nothing but memory, explain the story of Halo. And they went, great. And they didn't take any notes. So when they went to actually write the scripts... They're now a third-hand account of, of yeah. what the story of Halo is, yeah. and that's what we ended up with. I, I and, want, and yeah. also, like, they probably told the story of Halo by, like, someone who's not part of the Halo team. It's probably, like, an exec producer who's familiar with it being like, oh, like, this is, like, the main beats of the thing. That's all you need. That's all you need. Go, you, go you forward. It. It's, it's weird. And I think what I want to... I mean, there's a lot to unpack, and it's hard to know where to start with this. So, for me, it's... It's I, I started watching the Paramount Plus show already knowing everything that happens in the games, the books, the comics, but I also knew the backstory of the development hell for the TV show itself. Mm. Well, there was also the movie. Like, there was the script for the movie that got leaked. Yeah, like, Neil Blomkamp and, was going to do a film. Yeah. It's, there was multiple... This, this has been in the works for the better part of about 10, 15 years. Yeah, like over a decade. Yeah, and it's finally happened. And it was weird because, number one, if you went back to when Halo first came out and you told me there was going to be a TV show, I'd be like, amazing, can't wait, what's it going to be? But even back then, it wouldn't have been a TV show. It would have been a movie. It would have been a movie. And it would have been like, this is going to be a big blockbuster because I think when Halo came out, like TV being the big thing wasn't as much of a thing as it is now. There there was like Premiere TV back in the day, but... You, it would have been like, is HBO doing the Halo show? No. no. If they're not going to do it, why would you bother? So if you think about Paramount Plus and go, okay, it's relatively new, but Paramount's not new. Paramount's been one of the big five for a long time. So you, you, you look at that and go, okay, well, I trust them. I trust that they have the budget and the know-how and they should be able to pull this off. So the expectations were pretty high. You, you, you One, if you're into Halo, you've been waiting for a cinematic adaptation for a long time. Yeah, like the, like the fans time. have been asking for it like since day one. Right, so the expectations could not be higher. Like at one point, Spielberg was attached and involved in the project. Insane, that's, insane that's, level of That's hype. nuts. Right? So you think about how, how excited I was when I heard it's actually happening. This year, there will be the premiere of the live action Halo. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to piss my pants with right? excitement. Right. And then I saw the first trailer and I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, what is this? And I was right because watching the show, I am I am shocked. 
I am shocked at what we got versus what we could have had. So right. So this is another thing too, and I think I talked talked about this in the previous episode where like I don't think adaptations should always be exactly the same, but they should at least like understand what they're adapting. Yeah. Um. A lot of uh, like one of the main points that people refer to in the series that I don't like is the fact that Master Chief takes off his helmet, <laughs> and and he ha- he has it off for basically the entire show. And he's walking around and talking and like, he's in combat and he's not wearing his helmet. Like, what the fuck? I think um, that's the thing that pissed me off is that there, there's an argument to be made that, sure, if you're going to do a live action Halo, you know, we want to see his face, right? It, it's also the kind of thing too but where... Pick your moment. It's um, for what they were doing with the plotline for the show... That actually made sense to me that like through his character, he would make he would take it off, being like, okay, like context, I get it. Let's see how it goes. But like, it was awful anyway. So and you end up in those action sequences, and he's still not wearing it, and you're like, bro, what are you doing? It also feels like to me that like they tried to put in a fair amount of effort into like keeping, I suppose, the design or the feel of it close to the games. Mm. Um, where like Cortana's in the show too and from what I could gather it's the same voice actor who plays Cortana in the games it is yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Jen Taylor yeah. Um, and, and the voice and cadence and everything about John and Master Chief was just totally off and I know oh, yeah. it was it's kind of weird let's, 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 let's take a pause for a second and just put this into context so Cortana is bigger than Halo in the sense that Cortana's an assistant on yeah. Windows 10. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> so, like, when 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 Microsoft... Okay, this, this goes back to, like, who made the game, right? Bungie yeah. versus 343. So, Bungie made the original Halo games all the way up to Reach. That was them, right? They did an incredible job. And at some point... I, I, don't, know, I don't know the inner workings of this. I don't know how this came about. But at some point, they decided we would like to do something not Halo. You know, we've done four or five of these games now. It's time to move on. And, of course... Um, this was, if you think Halo 3 is sort of the the end of that trilogy, and then there was the ODST one, and then there was Reach, and they were like, listen, we're done. Oh, I must that's, have got that ODST. That's too many. Yeah. We, we, we have other creative ideas. And so Bungie says to Microsoft, um, who, who owned them at the time, which is a key thing here, Microsoft owned Bungie. Bungie said, we want to break off. We want to do our own thing. So Microsoft says, that's fine. You can go. You can go and do your own thing, become your own company again, but we keep Halo. For Bungie to give that up was huge. That was like their baby for a long time. Well, it's also why like Halo was like what sold the Xbox. Yeah, like it, that it, was a it, console pusher for like sure. It, it's a keystone for Microsoft. So they finally Still give is. it up and they go, okay, yeah, yeah, you, you know, we we want to move on. So Bungie goes off and Bungie now does Destiny, right? Yeah. There's a whole other thing going on here where Bungie was owned by Activision and then they've split and now they're owned by Sony and who knows what that's going to do? I don't know. But the idea was that Microsoft now had to create a new game studio specifically to be the caretakers of Halo. So they have 343 Industries was built. 343 is named after a character from the games, 343 Guilty Spark. Yep. So the whole thing is is very much from the ground up designed to carry this incredibly valuable IP that, that Microsoft owns. And part of that IP was Cortana. So Microsoft is now creating all, you know, this is, uh, I can't remember how many years ago now, but they're releasing Windows 10, I think it was, or it might have been 7 even. And... You know, Apple has Siri and Amazon has Alexa and all these people. And Microsoft was like, we need one. We need an assistant. So what do they do? They leverage an incredibly popular, incredibly familiar name, Cortana. So, of course, they get the original voice actor for Cortana, Jen Taylor, to do the voice for the assistant. And it's amazing. It's really good. I'm one of those people who really loved Cortana. 
And then, of course, Cl- it Claude didn't work probably like my favorite character yeah. in the franchise. Right? The voice is great. The way she speaks is great. The cadence. She feels friendly. She feels familiar. She's a bit sassy. Yeah. I love it. Right? So you can sort of go, okay, the it makes total sense for then in the TV show for Cortana, who is a completely virtual character, to be voiced by the original voice actor, Jen Taylor. Great. Yeah. But it feels like, even though I know it's actually Jen Taylor, it feels like it's a Jen Taylor impersonator. Yeah. Doing the voice because yeah. it doesn't feel right. It lacks that warmth. It I lacks think, that sassiness. Yeah, and so I think part of that could be like you know lack of the like the the writing doesn't quite match. But it's also like everything else in the game in the in the series uh, is so far removed from what it's like in the game that once you have Cortana as actually Cortana mixed into that, sticks out like a sore thumb. It, it, feel yeah, it right. feels weird. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I will, I will say, I don't want to shit too much on the TV show because... Oh, I'm going to shit on it. <laughs> yeah, you can shit on it. My, uh, my wife and I, we watched the show and for context, Kathy has zero information on Halo, has never played the game, oh, so, hasn't nope. read the books, nothing. And even she was like, I, I have enough of a broad strokes understanding of the Halo universe just from living in a world in which it's one of the most popular video game IPs there is. Right. That even she was like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. That blew me away because I didn't give her any clues about what was or was not in the show until probably episode four or five. And That's I was like, so yeah, no, we've gone way off book. And she was like, this is bizarre. Like none of this feels right. Well, Cause that was another thing I was thinking about too, being like, I wonder if for someone who's never played Halo and watches the show just as a new like sci-fi show, just, on its own being like would that be better would, would, would it just be like oh it's a it's an okay show but- i feel like it would be one of the things that we talked about was that it felt as though if if you had taken the name halo off of this tv show and and slapped a different name on it called it like slip space or some shit like that and all you had to do was change the armor design and change the name of the main character you would have a decent b-grade sci-fi show yeah the fact that it's on Paramount Plus and is being held as like their blockbuster tentpole show, <laughs> it's got the highest possible fucking budget, this, that, with the other, blah, 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 and it's leveraging an existing IP. It, it's a it's a recipe for success that turned into disaster. Yeah. How? I think like good the good things that stood out to me from the show is like all the combat scenes were awesome. Like like th- like right? like those those scenes they like, look amazing. like hand pick well them shot. out. Like yeah. just those scenes. Get rid of the rest of the show. Those scenes yeah. are, are so much fun. It looks really cool. Fuck yeah, I mean. Yeah. And then the rest of the show is just like uh. the whole the whole side plot with that one character whose name I don't even remember. Oh, the blessed one. Yeah, I was like, why is this in the show? It makes no sense. It makes no sense, and it's unnecessary. And it's and, and like that doesn't exist whatsoever nah, in the game. It's bizarre, it's, uh. you know. And then there's the. The side character Soren, who's the other Spartan who who ran away from the camp, yeah, right? Yeah. Again, small spoilers. You should probably all know that by now. The um, that guy is he does feature in the comics and the books. Yeah. He's not in the mainline games, but but like, but I, he features in the extended universe. Yeah. So I haven't read the books, and I really want to read um, Full of Reach. But oh, it's, it's great. But from what I gather, because like I, I think I've read like a couple of snippets about like when they were training as Spartans as kids, even that camp and. Like that, 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 that's where Soren, I think, appears. That's where Soren originates. But Soren's in the in the current books, which extend the universe into Halo Five and Halo Infinite. Oh, cool. so they're all connected, right? And so um, that character is a real character in the books, and like 
has backstory and has personality and whatever. And I want to say that the the actor doing that character did a great job. That feels like how I imagine that character should be in live action. But it felt out of place because mm. they're 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 doing that character in a universe that does not require that character. And the character doesn't seem to serve any purpose. Like, what did what did Soren actually do by the I end think, of that show? I think the, the only reason they kind of had Soren in there was to look after the rebel girl, which the whole rebel side plot, too, was also just, like, totally unnecessary for the show. Yeah. And, and it's and, kind of funny and, 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 they, again, and they spent, like, m- like more than half the time of the show, yeah. honestly, focused on these other characters that has nothing to do with Halo. No. Well, this is what's fascinating, is that subplot is from the books. The idea of the rebels oh. and the and the UNSC fighting the rebels, that's from the Halo oh. extended universe. You, uh, uh, this reminded me of another point. So, because in the show they're on Reach, and the city they're in in the show is just called Reach City. Yeah, Reach City on Planet Reach. When how it, fucking lazy is that shit? But it's also like. There is a name for it. It's New Alexandria. Yeah. Why can't you just call it New Alexandria? It's a hard sci-fi show. You're already like naming other towns and cities and planets. Reach City? Reach City, guys. Are you fucking kidding? I think that was the bit. It's lazy because it has a name in the universe, in canon, and it wouldn't have changed anything to no. use that name. No. But they didn't. It's, Why? It's just, it's just seeing that. Like, it's another, it's another fact of like, yeah. it's very clear that the writers like purposefully just didn't look. Yeah. Well, I, so one thing that one thing I should bring up is that um, in theory, the TV show is not supposed to be a direct adaptation of the games, and this was made very clear. But I think it was actually the games creators who had to say this. But it's because the TV show people did not. Yeah. The games creators came out and said, "No, no, it takes place in what they're calling a different timeline. It's the it's the yeah. Halo Silver universe." So it's, it's yes, yeah, but basically, like it's not canon of the games. Don't it's worry not about canon of the games, and and the, it weirds me out because. On one hand, I understand why you would do that. If if you're adapting something like Halo, it's a bit like trying to adapt something from Star Wars. There's there's already six, seven games. There's 20 books. Like, that's a lot to dig into. It's hard. It's hard to do an adaptation that's going to work with all that. Yeah. So be like, okay, fine. But again, they very easily could have done a very, very good story here set in that, in that same style of universe... And they, they would have had maximum freedom to express themselves. Like, okay, what if this happened? What if this happened? But the plot lines that they did pick and choose made so little sense in the context of what we were watching. Yeah, it's a, it's also the kind of thing too where the the way they wrote it and the way they fundamentally changed like the characters and the core themes of it compared to the games is that like by the end of the season, they've kind of ridden themselves into a corner and dug a hole with no way to kind of come back to what the games are actually about like you know so, so part so part of the story with the master chief in general in halo is he is a augmented like kind of super soldier um person and wears power armor and so like he is like different and a step above from, like any regular person there's lots of themes about transhumanism here it goes into a whole lot of thing and part of it is through his training and through his augment- augmentation and kind of like psychological uh, I suppose, like, like, kind of putting away any emotion. It's a lot of a, a lot of the game is like he is basically just mechanical in what he does, and there's kind of a true horror there. Like he isn't really a person; he's just tactical and going like, "Oh, this is happening. Got to do this." Blah blah blah, and like never has that realization. Where in the game, in the se- season, they're like, "Okay, but what if he has memories and starts finding out?" And and he's sad. He's sad the entire time. He's sad. He's sad, chief. Yeah. So he's sad chief. 
It's um, bizarre. And and think because of that, like they can't do anything close to the games now because they've they've ridden it into a hole. Yeah. And I mean, maybe that was intentional on their part was to just torpedo that that idea from the get go and be like, look, we're we're gonna be so different from the games. But that kind of brings back what my wife and I were talking about, going, Why call it Halo then? Yeah. If you didn't want to make a Halo TV show, then why? Why would you do this? It's kind of like funny enough, it makes me think of the nineteen ninety five and ninety three Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where the the writer director just clearly wanted to make his own movie, like this weird like underground different dimension movie un- underneath New York, but then like uh, got hired to make the Mario movie and basically just had to somehow make it Mario. So it, it's it's his own movie. It's like oh, but it but like it's Mario and Luigi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and but and yeah, and it feels very. I mean, I love that movie just because how weird it is. But, I know, but, right? But like, it's so off to what. Yeah, it should be, and I mean, maybe that's the thing about this is that the Halo TV show had the potential to be amazing despite being a bad adaptation, but instead, it's both a bad adaptation and a not very good TV show. It, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not even bad or weird in the case of like, oh, that's kind of funny. It's it's just disappointing. It's disappointing. Instead of being what I would have hoped out of something like a Paramount Plus TV show for Halo, where I I, I could see a very um, uh, early 2000s sci-fi channel, not very good budget, you know, Stargate-esque it would almost, style Halo It would show. almost be better yeah, if it, it was be cheaper, low budget. Right? But because they were going for like premiere TV, super high budget, and like it works in the action sequences. You can see that they have really nailed that. But then you've got all these random sequences taking place on like, where's this meant to be? That's a random military facility. And I'm like, this looks like it belongs on the set of Stargate. Yeah, that's what I feel like, and you can't you can't mix and match. Well, that. That, that's another thing too. So like the specific Halo stuff. So like seeing the Covenant and the aliens in Master Chief is like oh, okay, cool. This this like visually looks like Halo, but then everything else is so just generic yeah. sci-fi, and like it, like oh. like like it could, it could look like it's like ripped out of like ten different shows, and you won't be able to actually tell which one it is. Yeah, the rebels in the very first episode. Uh, are using what looks like an AK-47 at one yeah. point. I'm what? like, this is meant to be, what, 500 years in the future? Like, I know AKs last a while, but guys, but it's come what, on. But it's also like, then then you have the Spartans coming in, using the weapons from the game, that in comparison just look like toys. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, where, where's your level of consistency yeah. here? Yeah, come on, guys. Like, if, if they have AK-47s versus the um, assault rifle from Halo, like... Is there is there a difference in technology or like it, it doesn't match up? It doesn't match up. It is it is interesting, and I I'm I think I think I'm disappointed, not not necessarily because I waited so long for this and it didn't meet my expectations. I think I'm disappointed because it wasn't fun. No, and playing Halo, and like this is not just my opinion. Like this is actually the design philosophy for Bungie when they made Halo. Yeah, was to repeat the same fifteen seconds of fun over and over again. Sticking a plasma grenade to something and watching it blow up is fun. It's great. You know, meleeing a dude from behind, and, you know, that's fun. You know, in, the in, weird grunts in the, they make, it's fun. In the first game, uh, the grunts' blood glows in the dark. Yeah. And if you keep hitting their bodies, more blood will, sp- will come out. And it's just like blue glowing everywhere. I'm like, this is silly. And it's I love silly. it. it it's, a, it's a fascinating almost dichotomy because the game is the game takes itself very seriously in that like it's a it's a it's a story about the end of life in the whole galaxy. This is a big deal, yeah. the highest possible yeah, stakes. Yeah. And yet it's fun. It's entertaining. 
you know, you, you get yourself a warthog and you drive around and it's a bit loose and you're running over grunts and they, uh, it's very fun. The TV show was not fun. No. It was no fun. No. And like, even in the games, they do in the more recent games dig into the idea that, like, Master Chief was effectively a child soldier who was kidnapped from his family and turned into a seven-foot-tall cyborg to save humanity. What a ridiculous and, concept. And, and the fact that he never really realises what comes to term of it, terms of it. And, like the, like, the actual horror that that implies... Is so much more interesting yeah. than than them immediately stripping it back and like having him confront it in the show. Somehow the games manage to do that and still be fun. Yeah, Halo Infinite has a whole sequence of events in which the 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 weapon, which is like Cortana 2.0, is talking to Chief about how sad and tragic his own personal backstory is, and he's like, "Yeah, it sucks." And the rest of the game is fun. You're like, we didn't have to turn the game into this really somber, sad exploration of morality and and rights and child soldiers. We can take five minutes to go, wow, that's fucked up. And then be like, okay, yes, but also, how good is it grappling and then stealing a banshee? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like... um the show should have been a celebration of Halo, like yeah. the legacy of Halo, and it just didn't. End. Oh, that's it. You, you've hit the nail on the head. The show should have been a celebration of Halo, and it didn't feel like that. Yeah. It felt... It, you know what it is? The show felt like fan fiction. It felt like... But it felt like bad teenage fan, like, fan fiction yeah. of somebody who was like, I love Halo, but actually I'm a very sad person, so I'm going <sighs> to do sad Halo. I'm going to do goth sad Halo. And it's not meant to be. And like, fair enough. Look, if you wanted to do that... I tell you what, there's a version of Halo that's definitely a horror film. You oh, know? 100%. I mean, The Flood. The Flood, yes. Just come like, on. Like, that open, that first level in the mm-hmm. first game when you encountered The Flood for the first time, That that's a horror short film right 100%. there. 100%. Yeah. So, like, we there is room to move in those territories if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But, like... And, and to be honest... The show it, didn't even attempt any of that. And to be honest, it would actually be really cool to see someone... Like adapt some of those levels or some of those scenes from the games. There's like yeah. short films on YouTube, and yeah. and just explore that. It feels funny because I do think as a creator, I can see why. Looking at how much there is in Halo, even though it's super easy to go, I could have done a ten part TV show that that ends with the big season finale is the Covenant arriving at Reach and starting to glass it, and you go, oh my god, what a great been season amazing. finale, right? As a creator, I can understand why you wouldn't want to do that. You'd look at that and go, one, it's already in the books. It's what happens in the games. I get it. I want to tread new ground. I want to explore new things, But right? also, like, but, but like in, on that point, like, having the show end with, with either the glassing of Reach starting or, like, they go through slip space and, like, they see the Halo. Just to be, like... Just something like that. And, yeah. then, and then it's something like that to be, like, if there's another season, like, this is where it gets real. Yeah, but no, he doesn't do anything like that. Nothing There's a, like, that. like Master Chief has this weird dream sequence where he's on the ring. Yeah, um, why is he having fever dreams? That's the bit that I would have said. They better explain that. Oh my god! Like he touches. Like I'm, I'm assuming it's Forerunner, but he touches the artifact yeah. and has these visions. Um, and it's also like so. He, also, he's been having these visions since he was a kid. Yeah, and drawing like rings. And whenever people talk to him about it, like they never say ring. They're like, "Oh, the halo." Halo, come on! I'm like, really, really. I, I do. I think I know what they're doing with it, and it's a plotline from Halo Four that I don't think was ever picked up again. Like, I'm trying to remember if it's in Halo Five or Infinite. I don't think it is, but there is a plotline in Halo Four involving meeting the librarian 
who, and this again, I'm getting into some crazy shit here because this feeds back into the books and the expanded yeah. universe. Yeah, yeah. But there is a plotline in which the humans that we have evolved from were were effectively planted there by the Forerunner after they set the ring off for the first time. So, so all life in the galaxy was destroyed and then reseeded in order to defeat the Flood. And so humans were given a Gaius or a Gaius. I can never pronounce it right. Well, what is that? So basically it's like a genetic destiny, right? Oh. So the librarian has implanted something in human DNA that means that at a certain point we will evolve beyond what we currently are and we will become the reclaimers and we will take on the mantle of, of ownership of the galaxy. We become Forerunner 2.0. We become the most developed species in the galaxy, and it's our job to look after everybody. Is, is that kind of what they allude to in Halo Infinite? With exactly. All, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so there's this weird moment where um, the librarian meets Chief, and there's a whole thing of, like, how did that work? I'm not going to get into it. But she's basically like, your destiny has been activated. Like, it's happening now. I've, I've made it so that you can't be composed which is the whole thing about the enemy using this. Anyway, we're not going to go into blah, blah, blah. The short version is that plot line exists, that there is some sort of some magic foo-foo, whatever, in our DNA that was given to us by the original creators of, of the rings and blah, blah, blah. So I could, I could potentially see a world but in also which like, that's why Chief is having these dreams when he touches the blah, blah, blah. But it's also like it's very clear that the writers for the show like would not have even been, exactly. been any, anywhere aware of They've that. They've gone Chief... Chief is a special boy because he just is. In the games, I want to make this really clear, Chief does not have a special destiny. He's just lucky. Yeah. That's that's his magic power. And the reason that you play as Chief and not one of the other Spartans is because Chief is lucky. Like I, like I think what the opening of Halo 3 has Cortana being like, do you know why you're the one I picked? Exactly. Because, you, because of your luck. You're lucky. Yeah. Like, I forget the exact phrase, but like that's pretty much like what it is. No, that's exactly it, Which is which is why... Again, it's a weird thing the way they've done this because they're sort of alluding to that and that he's got some special destiny and that it's his, it's his mission and destiny in life to, to find the rings and blah, blah, blah. But I can't really figure out how they would conclude that plot line in a way that makes sense because unless, unless the Forerunners had some sort of prescience to know that one day in the year 25, whatever the fuck it was, this guy named John would be born and that he would be stolen from his family and turned into a cyborg. And you can already see how fucking crazy that sounds. Yeah. It's lunacy. The reason it works in the games is that he's lucky and that luck is the very thing that keeps him alive and keeps him winning. And that's why Cortana chooses him. In the TV show, none of that happens. But there's somehow like, but he's magic. He's, yeah. he's special in magic. But also that random chick is special in magic. Why? Why? For what reason? Who, who is she? What's the context? Yeah. What, what, like, what in the... Like I don't understand it. it. It doesn't work. It feels almost like an insult to what to what the games is doing versus what they're doing in the show. Do you know what? That's totally it. Is that like if if the TV show? I'm going to say this is a controversial take. Oh, I'm here for it. Give me your hot take. If the TV show was a bit more respectful of the original material, and had and it, you you could even keep the TV show as it is. But if they had been a bit more respectful to the original content, instead of just being like, no, nah, we didn't even read it. Fuck that shit. Like they, they openly boasted about that. Yeah. What the fuck? It's weird. It's weird that the creators of something that is a straight adaptation of one of the most popular IPs in existence were proud of the fact that they hadn't fucking read it. That's crazy to me. That's insane. That's narcissistic. Like, like, okay. A, a, an interesting take on this it's, is- it's, it's also, sorry, but like what you just said too, of like, 
it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. That's that's one of the biggest biggest things, yeah. and that's why it feels so disappointing and and so just like yeah. ugh. And maybe I'm just a butthurt fanboy, but you you can get away with some of this. So Taika Waititi uh, is doing a Star Wars film soon. Yeah, and people asked him, "What's it going to be about? Who's going to be in it?" And he's like, "I don't know. I haven't written it yet." But he was like, "I tell you what, it's not going to be about. It's not going to be about the Skywalkers. Yeah, and it's not going to be about Palpatine because like those movies are done. He's done all that." But I think that's it. You you can take something like a, a well-established universe and go, I don't want to tell that story. Yeah. I want to tell a new story within that universe the, I mean, and be respectful of what that is. Thinking thinking about Star Wars, like I haven't seen like the, the, the last one I saw was The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Haven't seen any of the ones that came out, came out yeah, since. Yeah. But like I think one of the things that people were really disappointed by is, is like how much the new trilogy very specifically brought it back to the Skywalkers. Yeah. Um, and they, they hastily named the, uh, what do they call it, a nontology? They named it the Skywalker Saga. Well, oh, God. But it was never meant to be called that. No. In fact, if if you remember, I say this like I was fucking born. The first movies came out before I was born. But the first Star Wars was not called Episode Four when it released in no, cinemas. No, it, it was just, <laughs> in fact, I don't even know if it, if it was A New Hope. No, it, it was just it, called it was Star just Wars. Star Wars. So there's, there's this idea that we, we can retroactively rename things and make stuff into a plan, right? And you're like, okay, even that I would have accepted. I would have loved if the TV show was like, we're doing some wacky fucking shit for this whole TV show. And then in that, the last that would have been episode, interesting. they were like, guess what? It's like a mirror universe type scenario, blah, blah, blah. But they don't do that. They're like, no, no, this is just the cinematic version of Halo. But it isn't. It isn't at all. It's and how no, dare you? No. It's, uh, it's interesting. So uh, bringing up Star Wars has made me think, because I was talking with a friend about Halo Infinite the other, the other mm. day. And he said a good point, which made a lot of sense to me, where um, like the newest Star Wars trilogy, each movie is a reaction to the previous one versus like the, the original like uh, trilogy and the prequels had like a through line of a planned story for each, for the whole, all three. Same, same goes for Halo. Halo 1 to 3 in Reach is like a very planned specific storyline that they go through with with like those yeah, games it has as a beginning, whole. middle, and end. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, Halo Four, Five, and Infinite feel like each one is a reaction to the last. Oh, it very much is. You, I would suggest that Halo Five, honestly, probably did make sense when they started making it. In that, like, if 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 Halo Four was the first of the three, four, three games, right? So that's like where you got to do a clear delineation and go. It's it is actually similar to Star Wars in that. The original trilogy, one, two, and three, is one company, one vision, one set of writers. They they had a plan, right? Yeah. They then put a pin in that and go, we're finished with this story. We don't want to do anymore. So then a new team is like, well, we're going to do a fourth one. We're going to continue that story. Yeah. And so which, which, which can be good. Yeah, it can be get good. New, new perspectives and people like right? expand and see what else they can do. They take it in a new direction. Yeah. But it got weird because when four came out, it wasn't received very well. And a lot of the problems with how it was received were... I mean, they did things like they introduced sprint and every first person shooter at the time had a sprint mechanic. Yeah. So Halo 4 had to have a sprint mechanic. Yeah. They introduced some weird stuff with the multiplayer that seems to have been a step backwards from how good the multiplayer in Halo 3 was. So the fan reception was bad. And so the company reacts to that, yeah. makes Halo 5 into what they think is the answer to those problems. But in doing so, they didn't carry across the stuff that did work. Yeah. So you end up with five that doesn't feel like a sequel to four. And it feels like a weird miss, yeah. mix, match type it's thing. It's a new game that doesn't really feel like Halo. And I, I enjoyed five in that the story was at least going somewhere interesting. 
it didn't it didn't seem to follow up well on four in that I'm I'm remembering loosely because I haven't I have to admit I haven't played four or five for a second or third time. I mean I mean I I have I started four but didn't finish it because so. I played the first three and reached like 20, 30, 40 oh times. I, mean, I must have played so, through the original Halo campaign. I mean at least thirty times. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll get into it soon. But I played Halo Infinite. I'll talk about that. But then I went back and played Reach. Fucking loved Reach. Yeah, right. It's, it's so much better. Yeah, it's bizarre. You end up with this fifth game that's neither a continuation of what came before. And it is something new, but not in a way that feels new. It feels like we're going to try and do Call of Duty, but in the Halo universe. It feels weird. It feels yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Halo Infinite, I think, is a massive, massive step in the right direction, and I really enjoy it. And yet, it has these bizarre pitfalls that it definitely could have avoided. It's missing the heart and soul of why the original games were so good and so popular. Yeah, so Halo Infinite, for me, I, th- I think overall, disappointing. Um, they've made an open world. And as an open world game, it's a bad open world game. It's a bad open world game. It's it's bland. Yeah. It, th- like you've got to grind. You can't. There's like not really that much interesting for you to go out there and find. Like when when do you do have like the like dedicated missions and you're going through it linearly? That feels really good. Yeah. Uh, the combat's really good. The writing. I thought was a bit lackluster. It's trying like there was a lot of times where like they're trying to be funny and it feels flat and to me mm. it just felt kind of awkward. Um, but that said, I it was interesting with what they were doing with the banished. Uh, it, I thought it was interesting, like the journey with Cortana and the new like mm. baby version and like how like how that plays out and how that affects Chief. But I think overall it's just kind of like this the, the, like it. Oh, and you know they're trying to go for that like feel, feeling, and aesthetic of like the original Halo games, but it still just feels kind of off to yeah. me. I'll tell you one thing, and this is like bef- before we started recording this, I turned on Halo Infinite to give it a quick spin this morning, and I realized I haven't I've had it installed on my Xbox since it came out. I've only finished the campaign once, and I realized it's because there's no level select. Yeah, no, you. Which is fucking weird yeah. in a Halo game. So once you beat the open world, the only way to go back and replay levels is to do them again in order by starting the campaign from scratch. That's also another thing too. So like, um, you know, open world game Halo has collectibles. You can find skulls. If you play through a mission and you miss finding a skull and you want to try and get, and get it, you have to start a new game. Yeah, and, guess and, which and, one and I'm a missing? New save file. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one in the in the yeah. first level. Yeah. Oh my god. I pain in the ass. and like I didn't I didn't realize until I got to to when the world opens up that you can go find these and, and collect them and be like oh there was one in the first level but not all of them too fucking bad yep start like the, from the get go again it's the first one and the last one are missable one hundred percent missable yeah and it's really frustrating because if you're missing the one at the end so I was missing the one at the beginning and the end the one at the very end you have to set off a sequence of events at the beginning of the level in order to make it work at the end of the is level. It, is that the one where like you have to like not kill any of the... Yeah. yeah. So you end up with this situation where if if you didn't know that ahead of time, which most people wouldn't... No. Unless you're a diehard Halo fan like me, and I was like, I'm looking for it's, them. It, I'm looking it's for the like skulls. It, it's, it's designed so you have to play it again. Yeah, and that pissed me off. And you end up with this weird situation it, where even a, when you restart and you've now got the open world again, all of the collectibles are still recollectible except the audio logs... So it doesn't even make sense. Uh, I want to be able to replay the specific linear level, but keep my progress in the overworld. It's also like so. It's it, like 
a bad open world game that you have to grind to upgrade things and find your collectibles. Oh, you missed one thing. You have to start all of it again. It all, all resets. Again. So you have to do all that grinding and all that exploring yep. again. Yeah, it's so stupid. No new game plus. Why? <sighs> every 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 RPG. And, the, and let's be clear, Halo Infinite is trying to implement RPG elements. The fact that you can level up your character and unlock upgrades, yeah. that's some RPG shit, man. Yeah. I don't care that there's no other major RPG, there's no quest givers a, or whatever. A lot of those nah, mechanics- it's an RPG. So yeah, for, for like a game design mechanic point of view, a lot of what Halo Infinite was doing, again, similar to the show, feels so far removed from what Halo is. Yeah. It's a weird choice. That and not having co-op at launch. So I was checking this morning to see if they'd done an update, right? Yeah. The game's been out for nearly a year? Yeah. I want to when it came out, it came out in 2021, right? So I, I, I'll look it up. Hang Double on. check it. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll make sure we get this right. It came out at the end of 2021. So we're now in August, uh, effectively, of 2022. So it's, yeah, it's it came, nearly a year. It came out in November 2021. There you go. Yeah. So not quite a full year. But to be, to be really clear, right, it launched missing... Major, major features that Halo games have always had. It's it's still missing stuff, and like and like fans in the community are like, wh- like where where's this extra stuff and updates and content yeah. that you promised would be out like a month or two after, and it la- makes after sense launch? Why I haven't played it in that whole time? Because I beat it once and was like, great, I want to go and replay that level, and I can't. I go, well, fuck, I don't want to start the well, whole game again. Well, it's also like so I can't I, do co-op with anyone, so I can't even have the enjoyment of playing through with somebody who hasn't played it yet. Yeah. Or playing it together and having fun. Apparently, co-op is coming, but not till next month. And even then, it's tethered co-op, which feels very weird. What's, te- what's tethered co-op? So tethered co-op is what you have to implement when you have games like open world games. It means that the players cannot move too far away from one another. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Which I get because the Halo Infinite world map is like relatively massive for what it is. But also, I mean, that just that just points as to why it's a bad design yeah. for, for Halo specifically. Um, yeah. It's bizarre. That not having Forge, so Forge is coming out in next month. That's the level design thing. Yeah. Now, to be I, fair- I love Forge. Right? Forge yeah. didn't exist until Halo I think 3. it was Halo 3. Yeah. Um, but it has been iterated on since then and has been a major draw for why the series is fun. The ability to create your own custom maps and do crazy shit within them. Yeah. And, and like and, some uh, of the stuff that people made. Custom lobbies. And wow. Like, like I think I remember what- I, I can't remember if this was in Halo 3 or different game, but someone- like there was a server playing Griffball and basically someone had made a whole level using all different props so that everyone's fighting in a massive toilet bowl. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, this, it's, 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 you know, fan mods and, and all the silly stuff that like they bring, to, they bring to the game and the fact that the game and the devs actively encourage right? that. And it helps to, to foster that community which keeps the game alive. Yeah. Without that, what... what what reason do I have to play Halo Infinite? And people, oh, the multiplayer is pretty good. It's not. It's, it's not. been out for a year I, now, nearly I, a year. I played a little bit of the, of the multiplayer and like, you know, the combat feels the same as it does yep. in, in the campaign, but it's also like, it's fine. Do you know what? I don't want to like, I don't want to point the finger too hard here because again, like I, I work within the film industry and I'd like to be doing some work within the games industry at some point. So I don't want to like talk shit too hard on anybody in particular, but it does feel like, it's, it's 343 Industries. It's the game creators themselves that have dropped the ball on that. And the reason I say that, and I'll stand by this, the multiplayer in Halo Infinite does not feel fun enough for me to do the grind on the season pass and keep playing it. But I've been playing Destiny 2 for like six years. Yeah. And I still play well, Crucible every weekend. I mean, it's also like the way that they are doing the season pass and the unlocks and, and the monetization in Halo Infinite is really scummy. Yeah. Being like, oh, you you want to like 
get this slightly different color palette for your character, that's like a level 20 unlock. Yeah. It's, it's games as a service done in the, in the scummy way. And you're like, that feels gross, man. If you're, if you're, yeah. And the thing is, if you're going to do games as a service, look at something like Destiny and go, that's how you do games as a service successfully. People get mad at, at Bungie for Destiny all the time. It's, but yeah. they respond, they react, they implement. Halo, radio silence for six months now. Like, uh, yeah. where, where are the new updates, guys? What's going on? So, uh, so you know, both for single player and multiplayer, after doing Infinite, I went back and played Reach, did the campaign on Heroic again, did some multiplayer, did it through the Master Chief Collection, and I realized with, like, with the, I suppose, battle passes and, un- and unlocks from the Master Chief Collection, all the different stuff they've had in the past, you can just go back and choose which, one, which ones you want. It's so much more consumer-friendly and like positive and like, yeah, you can get all this stuff. You can do this. And here's like our like stuff that's limited that you can get this weekend if you want. Whereas Halo Infinite, it's like pay 50 bucks for the blue color palette. I, like, really? Are you, are you, are you fucking serious? Uh, I'm just looking up. I don't even think that MLG, right, which is Major League Gaming, I don't even think MLG uses Halo Infinite. That's wild to me. MLG was like born off the back of Halo. Yeah. And yet, they're, even they are like, no, nah, we don't do we don't do infinite. That's crazy. How does this happen? How, how have we ended up in a timeline in which we have the worst possible Halo TV show <sighs> and a lackluster Halo game? We've been waiting for so long for both of these things to be excellent, and they're not. Like, like, like again, like, like the biggest, the big thing here is is the legacy of Halo. Like, also thinking about like Machinima and like how how that started, basically thanks to Halo. I, f- I forget the name of the series, but there was that one. Red versus Blue. Yeah. Like that very specific thing. Like that kicked off that as a That's whole, as a whole genre yep. of filmmaking and community and everything. And that all came thanks to Halo and like the team behind Halo, again, actively encouraging that involvement with the fans. Yep. And then here we are now, Halo Infinite and Halo the series are like the two like most disappointing entries into this franchise in a long time. It's bizarre. It's uh, and like I was so excited for both of them. And I and like I'm coming into Halo Infinite having not played Halo for like a couple of years. So I'm coming in fresh and excited again. And it's just like ah, oh, I just feel deflated. I feel disappointed. I'm I'm yeah, it's there, there are positives. Again, we're being very negative today, but there are positives. I will say that Halo Infinite shows that there is more stories to tell. And that it can be get it can be good and it can be better. Yeah. Because Halo Infinite is not bad. It's not terrible. It's disappointing. But it's not you don't play it and go, this is an objectively terrible game. You play it and go, I wanted more. I wanted this to be better than it is. But it could be. You know, I'm not giving up on it yet. So I don't know. It's I don't know if the answer is if they continue I using mean, it as a games as a service, then they need to lift their game significantly for me to get back into Halo Infinite. Yeah, because isn't the idea is that like Halo Infinite is basically like the ongoing Halo game. Like there's not going to be another Halo game now. I think even if there's like campaign and story stuff, it'll be added to Infinite. That was my understanding. Obviously, again, it's been nearly a year since it came out. And we haven't heard anything about it. So who knows? But if you remember Halo 4, well, maybe you don't because maybe you didn't play it, but... Halo 4 had um, a ton of story-based DLC that was released called the Spartan Ops. Oh, yeah. And the idea was that it ran, I think, for two full seasons where every, I think it was every three months, they would drop a new set of levels. And it was really interesting because the levels themselves were not new designs. They all used assets and maps from the campaign. They just reused them. But they did it in weird ways. You started in different places, they change the enemy layouts. I mean, but they that, change the that's objectives. That's a smart way to do it because yeah. then then you're not building a new map from scratch. 
you can add new contact content pretty regularly and have it feel fresh without having to like you know, build a new model or map or environment. Exactly. And, 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 story, and download gigabytes for that as well. They were able to, to tell such a great story that it ends up feeding into Halo 5. So a lot of people were like, Halo 5's beginning feels really disconnected from Halo 4. And it does, unless you've played all the way through Spartan Ops uh, and then you go, oh, I get it. Spartan Ops ends roughly six months before Halo 5 starts. So the Spartan Ops servers are like in between. It's kind of a bridge, right? So yeah. I get it. And I can see why potentially... Halo 5 feels weird because if you took 4 and Infinite, you'd be like, oh, I get what they're doing here. They're, 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 in my opinion, what I think they're going to do is something like Spartan Ops in the Halo Infinite universe, right? They'll expand the map. They'll do this. They'll reuse level assets. I'll bet you at some point you have to board a banished ship and it's just a re-skin re of the first level of Halo Infinite. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Makes total sense. And I, I mean, I'm here I for mean, it and is and what like, I'm saying. I'm that into works. that. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that, right? I want that. Please give that to me, right? More more Halo would be good. It's the little things that didn't work where I'm like, I want the co-op to function. Um, a, a lot of the weird choices they made about how the open world functions where you've got those little forward operating bases. Yeah. That seems weird. And I get why they're like fast travel and they're set up that way and the map's pretty big and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, don't do that. Give me a more fun way to do the travel. Don't, you know... Think about this. I, the example I, I heard the other day was I, Spider-Man. And they were like, Spider-Man has fast travel shortcuts on the map, but no one ever uses them. Because it's, so, it's much so much fun, fun to go from A to B as Spider-Man. I mean, I to be honest, in Halo Infinite, I didn't fast travel. I, I would just grapple hook everywhere because yeah. honestly, it was fun. Yeah, the, gra the grapple hook mechanic and the combat in Halo Infinite genuinely was really good. Yeah. That and like cruising around in a warthog is a lot of fun. Yeah. Just give me slightly more of that, right? Or, or you know, boil it down a little bit so that these little bases that you have to sort of take over and destroy and whatever, have them refresh, have them come yeah. back after a certain I, amount of time. I liked, um, you know, going after the specific targets and getting like the different type of weapon. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because when you're done, you're finished. Like that's, you're finished that now. Yeah. I'm like, again, that's a really easy way for them to implement more content and be like, okay, um, next month, we're not dropping a whole new story mission, but we've got three new most wanted's to go after. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Let's do some of that. I'm like, it's stuff like that where I'm like, it's it's lacking the replayability that the original games had, mm. and it's because it's trying to straddle that line of we're a games as a service open world thing, which means we can drop all this new content, but then they're not dropping the new content. You've just given me and, a map that I cleared, and it, it's like it's like if you go play Witcher three again. And you're like, I, I could just go and hunt random monsters. But when you've cleared the whole map of all the question marks, what do yeah. you do? You do a new game plus. Yeah. Why can't I do that in Infinite? Why is there no new game plus? Why was that not a default thing that it shipped with? It's also, I, I think like thinking back on it too, one thing that I found really lacking in Halo Infinite compared to like Halo Reach and other games is like when you have the different levels that you can choose and go back and have different playlists of, like you have like your night stealth sniper level. You have like... The one where you're flying around in, in Reach, going to the different buildings and helping people. Like, lots of very different atmospheres and tones and and styles. And, like, to me, like, if I can go back and be like, I want to do, like, all the Warthog missions or I want to do all the sniper missions, that feels really good. And then Halo Infinite is just all the same thing. Yeah. You're, you're just doing the one thing again and again and again, which can be fun, but, like, I like a bit of variety in there as well. I agree. The... I, one thing I really didn't like about Infinite, again, it's potentially con controversial, but maybe not. I think a lot of people probably feel this way. The I'm not going to give away too much here because minor spoilers, and like a lot of people may not have played it yet, but the there is an end boss. And the end boss is very disappointing 
because it it is one of those like this is a mechanic based encounter. It, it's almost like they were trying to do like a Dark Souls or something where they're like incredibly hard boss to beat right up until you figure out the timing of when to shoot this, when to push that. Yeah. And then you could do it on legendary and it'll take you 10 minutes. It's also the kind of thing too, like, oh, that's like the, like the one interesting fight. Yeah. And then that's it. The game's over. That's it. The game's over. And there's no, it doesn't feel like there's a big set piece. Most of the other Halo games have like a very, very cool ending set piece. The, the, yeah. Like, like classic, like the first one, you're driving like through to the pillar of autumn as everything is collapsing and destroying around you. Yeah. Like, that's like awesome. And like, again, I get this idea of like, oh, well, they did that in Halo 1 and 3. We can't do it again. You definitely no, can. you definitely I can. I want you to do it again. Like, it was very good. The fact that they did it again is because it's fun and people enjoyed it. And it's like, yeah. fuck yes. Like this this, this is, I, I don't need like some convoluted excuse as to why it's happening again. Just give it to me. I want yeah. more. Um, I think like the, the opening of Halo Infinite with like the cinematic and and Master Chief being dropped and left for dead. Like that was mm-hmm. all like really cool and a good introduction. Um, and the ending like on that point too was like interesting and setting up what's going to happen mm. in the future. But then everything else in between, aka the entire game, the entire game. just <laughs> felt like filler. It's filler. It is funny. And, and what you said before about it being, they, it feels reactionary where it's like, okay, so Halo 5 did not, did not have a positive reception, but it ended in a really interesting way that set up the universe to do some interesting things. And then the next game infinite just went, yeah, okay. We decided we didn't like that. So ignore that. You're like, what? And they're like, oh yeah, all that happened off screen. All, all of the resolution of, of five happened in between games. What? And they're like, oh, don't worry. We're going to release some books for it. I'm like, yeah, I'll read them. Me and like 200 other people. Yeah. What about the rest of the world? It doesn't, it's so stupid. What about the point of having, having this as a game franchise? Yeah. And exploring that and 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 like digging into that and, yeah. and giving that over to the player being like, here, yeah, like this is designed and curated for you to explore and find out and dive into. That's what's interesting and that's what that's also partly just like games as a whole is what's so much fun, is it 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 gives you the platform to do what you want with it. How's this how's this for a fucking idea? You you can have this for free. Whoever's listening, three four three industries, Paramount Plus, this is fucking yours. I'm giving it to you on a silver platter. You want to do something real impressive? Fucking scrap season two of the Halo TV show. Do we like, know? Do we know if there's a season two happening? Um, yeah, it's been it's been greenlit. Oh, the sake. amount of money they spent. Oh, it's definitely oh, happening. Okay. Here's this. Here's this. Scrap your season two. Or oh, fuck it. Make it anyway. I don't care. Right. Do a new show. Brand new TV show. It's a six part miniseries. Incredibly high budget. And you know what it is? It's the story of what happens between Halo Five and Infinite. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> I just made you a billion dollars. You're welcome. You can have that. Why did that not and exist? People will watch it. Think about when the TV show came out relative to Infinite. Yeah. What a missed they, opportunity. They could have done it a very specific time. Well, because, you know, they're trying to bring in audiences that haven't played Halo. They're trying to introduce it to people. But also, like, you could do that as well as a side, exactly. a side season. And, the, like, the side show is very much specifically dedicated for the, for the hardcore fans. Yeah. And honestly... I guess that's on- what's funny about the show, right? Is that it doesn't seem to be for anyone. No, because it's, it's not it's, for the it, diehard It fans. seems to be for Paramount to make money. Yeah, that's it. Which is weird. I can't imagine it made that much, right? Because for them, which again, this I'm not going to go too tinfoil hat here, but there is an argument to be made that the reason that this was a Paramount Plus show and not, for example, an HBO show or blah blah blah, or blah, even, blah or Netflix even Netflix, yeah, is because Paramount paid a lot of money to get the rights to do it from Microsoft, who was shopping it around. 
And, and the reason they did that was that they needed a killer app for their new streaming service, Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, so they're trying to use it basically to sell yeah. Paramount+. They're Plus. like, if, if you, you want to watch this amazingly high-budget, everyone's talking about it, it's all over the internet, Oy! well, then you better get Paramount+, Plus because you can't get it anywhere else, right? And I get it, and that makes great business sense, and oh, what a coup, what a fantastic idea. What a fucking disappointment. Oh my if God. you made that for the Halo fans, you fucked up real bad. And if you didn't, I cannot imagine that there was a lot of people, like my wife, for example, who watched that show and went, God, I'm so glad I paid for Paramount+. Plus." I'll tell you what, what's better than Halo, which is hilarious to say this out loud, I would, if I had said this to my past self, I'd slap myself. A better show on Paramount+, Plus was Yellow Jackets, by far. I've heard good things about it. I haven't, uh, haven't watched amazing. it. But yeah. Such a good show, right? You've got, um, what's the other big one that they had? Well, I think it was Yellowstone is Paramount+. Plus. Um, I haven't actually watched most of Yellowstone. I've seen maybe four episodes, but I did watch the spin-off, which was called 1883 or 1886 or something. That show was a banger. That was absolutely worth paying a couple months worth of Paramount Plus for. Halo, good God, no. If, oh if, God. I, if I wasn't planning to watch Yellow Jackets Season 2, I definitely would not need Paramount Plus because I would not be tuning in for Season 2 of Halo. No chance. It, do, it, it melts my brain because I think, who did they focus test this? Who is this for? Where well, is the I mean, audience that was like, oh my God, I've been waiting for a Halo show that was for me and not for the gamers this whole time? Oh, yeah. Who it, was calling for that? It's, I mean, it's, if they did focus test it, they like, you know, if they clearly didn't look at the games themselves, they clearly wouldn't have looked for people who played the games. It would have been just any random person off the street being like, here's a new sci fi show. What do you think? And, and like, the feedback would only ever be like, it's cool. It's like, cool. It's, it, yeah. It's right. I feel like it's the um, Principal Skinner fucking meme of like, no, it's the children who are out of touch. It it does feel yeah. like that of like Paramount Plus being like, are we wrong? Was this a bad idea? And then being like, no, the fans are wrong. Halo doesn't belong to them. It belongs to everyone. And you're like, it does, but also not like that. Yeah. It's a, it's one of those things too. So like uh, that point you made of like, like watching Halo be like, oh, I'm so glad I got Paramount Plus. And then it's also like, you have Paramount Plus, you have HBO Max, you have... Stan in Australia, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Roku, you have all of them now. It's just kind of like that in itself is just overwhelming being like, I'm not going to pay for all of these. If you're going to charge me a premium for like your flagship show, sorry, I'm going back to the seven seas. I don't give a shit. Not even that. I just would skip season two. Okay, I say that. I, I want to be wrong. Like I want to be wrong so badly because I fucking love Halo. I love it a lot. I really want them to put out a trailer for season two at some point in the next three months and make me go, I was fucking wrong. I was wrong. God, I, I take it so. all back. Uh, like they, they would need like a, a core, like a restructuring of the creative team behind it. Though, but like could you happen. imagine? It could be so good. It could be amazing. They built the sets. They built the suit. Come on. They built a couple of real warthogs. Yeah. It, guys, guys, the, and the, and guys, the, and the, it could be amazing. The Master, Master Chief suit in the show looks incredible. And Pablo Schreiber is doing a fantastic job. Yeah. He just needs to put his helmet on more. It's it's that funny thing of like, don't don't actually ask me because I don't really know what I want from a Halo TV show. And the version that I would write would be very different. I would be writing probably the Kilo 5 series from the books or I'd be doing something really fucking weird like the Greg Bear series for the, about the Forerunner. I'd do something crazy shit like that. Don't but, listen but, but to also, me. like, I'm, I'm always interested in, like, the weird stuff. Yeah, but I'm like, don't, don't listen to me. Don't, don't <laughs> you know, dear Paramount, don't come to me and ask me to come up with season two because I'll do a no, bad fuck job. fuck that. I want them to come to you. <laughs> right? But I'm also like, i tell you who you should go to, that guys who made the originals, right? And, and a lot oh, of them are yeah. out there. I can't remember his surname, but um, one dude was Jason something or other. He, he's like one of the lead writers. 
Um, they brought him on to fix the story of Halo Infinite just before it was released. So there's all this backstory of like shenanigans happening behind the scenes and it got delayed this and that's the reason multiplayer wasn't ready and blah, 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 blah. I don't, I'm not going to get into that too much. It had a very turbulent development, let's put it that way. And I think that's partly why the, the end result is not as good as it could be. But it's not terrible. It's not garbage. It's just not as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. If the TV show went and spoke to them and went, guys, how do we make season two good? It, it could end up the same. Well, this, it this, could be actually pretty fucking good. Well, this is also, so like, um, with what I said earlier of the way the season ends with them, like, dug into a corner, very hard for them to try and bring it back to what the games is. If they do somehow find a way to kind of redeem this show and do something interesting, I'll be amazed. I'll be I'll be so impressed. Like, I, I will keep watching the show as it is. I'm not going to watch the next season. And when recommending like other people with the show I'm like honestly if you like Halo don't watch the season yeah yeah. which sucks I, I mean we're gonna look at a couple more that are coming out soon but like for example it makes me worried for things like The Last of Us TV show or the Fallout TV show where I'm like oh, yeah. I really hope that the teams that are making those shows or the Bioshock movie right no, not Bioshock um, what is it Borderlands Borderlands I will say Borderlands will be an interesting one because that's being made by the studio who makes the games but also that's a whole other thing that's because, a whole other thing because like the studio that's making the games now is a is a bit of a shit show. Yeah. So I I I I hope and again it's not really my place to hope this right. Like I'm just a fan. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But also like shit show as far as I know I'm not actually up to date. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like I I do work within the film industry and I I know how hard it is to adapt something and be true to it. So that's partly why we have this show is to be like you don't you don't have to be 100 percent accurate but you do have to capture the spirit of the thing. Yeah, you have to, you have to understand. You've got to understand what it's really about. Ex- yeah, exactly. And what exactly. they're really trying to do with it. If if they nail that, then I'm going to be very happy. But I think that's why the Halo TV show is so disappointing for me as a fan of Halo, is that it totally misunderstands, not even misunderstands, it doesn't even attempt to understand why the games were good and what was good about them. Yeah, I think, uh, so thinking about The Last of Us as a good example, one of the main reasons I'm actually quite excited and hopeful that it'll be good is that I think one of the core writers is the writer who worked on the games. It does, yeah, I was reading that, yeah. Um, so, and and there's it, 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 a very clear like understanding and appreciation of what the games are doing and what they want to do for the show. And I think I saw recently too that Troy Beck is actually in the show as well. I'm not sure is, yeah. not in the same character because no, yeah. Pedro Pascal is playing that character, but like because he he voices the main character in the game and now he's actually on board of the show as well. In, yeah. uh, in a different role, which I think oh that's actually like that's a that's a nice nod. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I really like that, and I think. Do you know what would have been funny, right? Which is like, this is crazy. But like, okay. So in the Halo games, uh, Dr. Halsey, who creates Cortana, looks like Cortana. Because, yeah. And this is like, I actually don't remember if they covered this in the show. I'm pretty sure they did. But it's a relatively recent reveal in the video game series. We didn't know this until like Halo 5, I think. That Cortana, as an artificial intelligence, is special specifically because she was created being modeled off of Dr. Halsey's brain. So she's not a pure AI. She is an AI that was built to to be Ka- Catherine Halsey, right? Yeah. And so in the video games, Jen Taylor is both Cortana and Halsey. And of course, Jen Taylor is like, you know, she's not like an old woman or anything, but she's definitely not a young spring chicken from, from Halo 1. But her voice and the idea is Cortana's an AI. She doesn't age. So the virtual Cortana 
can can appear whatever age she wants and keep that same voice. But in the games, Dr. Halsey has been getting progressively older and they use the the actor and they use the, the mocap and all this sort of stuff. And I just thought it would have been just perfect if they had got Jen Taylor to actually play Dr. Halsey in the TV show. But thinking about it, I'm like, but I would have been twice as mad because the way that they represented that character and the way that she behaves oh. and the crazy shit that she does, I would have been like, what are you doing to Jen Taylor, you bastards? I mean, that's another thing too. So like the whole point of Catherine Halsey in the show, like again, like it, it just shits on the entire storyline of what they do in the games. Yeah, and I, that's okay. So we talk about like not understanding the spirit or not understanding what they're trying to do. It, it, it boils down to every aspect. And so one of them is Dr. Halsey, in the games, and, and this is mostly largely in the books, she does feature in the games towards um, Halo 4 and 5, but primarily she features in the books up until that point. She's not in Halo 1, 2, or 3. And she's in, uh, I think canonically, she's in Reach. She's in Reach. And that's yeah. a really important point because she creates Cortana and, and Cortana hasn't met the Chief yet until the events of just before Halo 1. Yeah. So this is like an important sort of series of timeline, right? She, she you find out in the books that she was instrumental in picking the kids. And so there's this aspect where she effectively chose child soldiers. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. And she was part of the team that surgically augmented them and some of them died during that process. And it's important to note that she loves these kids. She loves them. Yeah, and, and she it, did a horrible, horrible thing to them, but she loves them. There's also a point too where like she's doing this because she ultimately believes that like this is what has to be done in order to basically like win this war and save humanity yeah. and actually like have civilization and humanity like be able to move on. She's very much a stoic in that sense. Yes. She's she's like the ends justify the means. I I can and will do horrible things in order to achieve the goal of saving humanity and I'm going to shove my feelings down inside but but on a fundamental level she cares about John. She cares about yep. the kids. In the show. In the show. She's incredibly selfish. And rule breaking just because like she is a genius and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm special. I'm a genius. I get to do what I want because this is what I want to do. Fuck you. It's bizarre. There's like, I don't know, it feels weird to me that like there's certain elements of that in the books and, and potentially later on in Halo 4, there's like a whole thing about the child soldier thing and they try to play it up and like, you know, dig into it. I feel like what happened with the TV show is that someone in the writer's room had heard about that or had skimmed it off Wikipedia and was like, oh yeah, she's like a bit of a bad guy because of the child soldier thing. So she's like, you know, a bit of an asshole. And they went, great, right then into the show, do it. Yeah. She has zero nuance. There's nothing in there about how much she cares about John. She just seems to be maximum manipulator, maximum narcissist. And that's you're just it. like, she, that's she, not really her. It, like, it, there's no sense of her caring for John or any of the Spartans in the show. She pretty much manipulates them and uses them as soldiers for like what she wants. Like, There's a point too where uh, UNSC is on a mission and doing stuff and basically like Catherine Halsey goes to her, her team of Spartans and be like, yeah, do what I say. If UNSC tells you different or anyone tries to fight you, kill them. It's bizarre. It's which, so bizarre. which is treason as it's well. Treason. And it's fascinating because, again, the show could have could have done some really interesting stuff with that. And instead, they sort of went down this route of like, well, she's a villain and then John's going to lose the plot. And he got really emotional and like threatened to kill her and blah, 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 blah. blah. And you were like, what? Oh, also, like, I, I don't know if this is a thing in the games of the books, but um, she is cloning herself. 
Yeah. And, well, okay. So and this like, is, like yeah. phoned the kids when she took them, and this like, is, and okay, like yeah, left the clone that would die soon after. That's, yeah. that's straight out of the books. Okay. Right? Is that okay. Like, cool. That's why. Oh, okay. This is like minor spoilers, but it's for books for that are like fifteen years old. You'll figure it yeah, out. Go fine. read the books. Yeah, yeah. But the the what when they figure out what happened is the reason that no one is aware that these Spartans were child soldiers because it's a fucking secret. Yeah. No one is supposed to know that shit. <laughs> yeah. And the reason they got away with it is because they flash cloned these kids as they kidnapped them. And the flash clones died of like horrible hereditary diseases very, very quickly. Yeah. So John's replacement died of like some fucked up blood disease within like a year. So his parents fucking buried him and mourned him. They don't think he's missing. He was never kidnapped. Yeah. And, John and, fucking and, died. And that is how it works for all of the child soldiers right. that turned into Spartans. And as they were raised to be Spartans... There's no weird chemical thing in them that's making them not emotional. They were very emotional as children. And there's a whole series of books that explore them as child soldiers fighting the, the insurgents and blah, 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 blah. And by the, by the time that the Covenant invasion happens and it's kicking off, Chief, like John, isn't Master Chief yet. He hasn't made that rank yet. So he's, he's called Spartan 117 and he's got a bullshit rank that I can't remember. And the whole thing is he's the leader of Blue Team. In the TV show, it's Silver Team for obvious reasons. But they, they, he's the, the leader of the universe. Yeah, right. They're, they're Blue Team. And in it, they're only like 16 years old or 17 years old. And, but there's, at this point, they're already like six foot tall monsters because of the augmentations that yeah. have been done to them, right? Yeah. So that they never take their fucking helmets off. That's the whole plot reason that they don't take their fucking helmets off. It's because if they do, they look 12. And the other soldiers in the room are like, what the fuck is a six foot 12, 12 year old carrying a gun for? It's insane. So they don't take their helmets off. They keep their comms private. There's a whole thing about it, right? Yeah. And there are certain people in the military who know that they're child soldiers and, and they're very much like, oh, we're deeply ashamed of this. So we keep that shit a secret. It finally comes out after the events of the first, I think it's four Halo games. It, or it might be it might be the end of Halo 3. In the books, it is finally revealed to the world that the Spartans were kidnapped as children and blah, 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 blah. And everybody kind of goes, that's fucked, but I'm so glad they did it because we're all alive. Yeah, it's it, it's the kind of thing like, you know, in context, you know, it kind of saved us from doom. Yeah, and it's great because like within the universe of Halo, after the events of Halo 3, the UNSC are relatively dominant in the galaxy at this point. The Covenant are gone. The Banished are around, but not really. And so there's like trading posts set up and the, the Jackals, the Kigar, are like running around doing like trading weapons and shit. Because oh, cool. they're basically just pirates. Yeah. So they're like stealing Covenant cruisers and delivering them to the to human outposts and being like, give us a bunch of money and you can have this Covenant ship. And so it starts to fester this idea that the UNSC is like a criminal organization that stole children. And it's like, that's what happens when you're not in the middle of a war and people realize that you did heinous war crime shit. Yeah. So it really works within that universe. And then, of course, um, Halo 4 and 5 happen. That, and then also, like that expansion, that exploration into like that world and what happens after that. Yeah. That's so interesting. How is that not? This is what I'm saying. How is that not what the TV show is about? That's, what, that's absolutely what it should be about. It's also another thing too. So that, that whole idea of like um, Master Chief never taking off his helmet, be like in the games too. Like, let's assume he's like a full-grown adult. I think. I think by the time but, of Halo, the game, he's meant to be like 24, 25, something like that. Yeah, and I, I think like ongoing with the games and the events and everything that happens, I think Mar like part of the idea is that like Master Chief never really comes to to term with who he is, and to himself, part of his identity is the suit and is 
fighting and the war and, and winning everything. He he never takes off the helmet, even in his own time, because like he like subconsciously never wants to confront that. Yeah, and it is actually a major plot point in that he never seems to get a break. And they like they bring this up in I think it might have been Halo Five. They bring it up at one point because if you follow the timeline of Halo, like from when the games happen, pretty much the minute Halo starts, he is woken up out of cryo sleep. Yeah, and he does not stop fighting. Yeah right up until the end of Halo 3. And it's like, they won, great. Woo, what happens next? And it's like, oh, he just goes back to hanging out with Blue Team? Or like, no, he's now stuck in space again in cryosleep. So yeah. when Halo 4 kicks off, he's once again woken up from cryosleep. And you realize if you put it together, he's been fighting nonstop for like six years. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think it's at the very end of Halo 1, he does take his helmet off on the ship, but you don't see his face. Yeah. They very intentionally and, cut and away that's, from that. that's the only time, as far as, as I'm, I'm aware, because I sure haven't played time, yeah. 4 and 5, but in the games, it's the only time he's ever shown taking it off. Oh, do you know what? That's not true. That's not true. The end of Halo 4, and I'm going to assume a listener will correct me if I'm wrong, because this is one of those, like, actually, in the scene of blah, 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 this is one of those moments, right? I'm fairly certain at the end of Halo 4, if you beat it on Legendary they do actually show a sequence of how they take the armor off because of course he's a seven foot tall cyborg who weighs like two fucking ton. Yeah. You can't just go up to him and take his fucking boots off. Right. So they strap him into this thing that looks like he's, um, you know, uh, uh, like a Westworld fucking Da Vinci's. Oh, that's another thing that like you know, the intro for the show is feeling like it's trying to do a Westworld thing. Yeah. It feels very not Halo. There's all these machines that have to go in and take the armor off him and blah, 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 blah. So he's, and the idea was like the end of Halo four, he's finally taking the armor off for what appears to be the first time okay. in a long time. Right. And I they know, do I have a close-up also... of just his eyes. And I think you oh, only you see his I eyes? think you only see that if you beat it on Legendary. And it appears that he is a ginger with blue eyes. Interesting. Yeah. Um it's I think it's also the point too. It's like when he does take his helmet off at the at the end of the first game, it's also like this is the first game, like this is the new thing that they're writing and doing. Makes sense that like they would have had that at the end as a, as a good non good finish. And as the series goes on and as I explore mm. more and dive into it and like that becomes a, a more relevant thing and exploring like why doesn't he take off the helmet? Like yeah. that that's also like what's really interesting. And you know, the show's like, oh yeah, nah, his helmet's off and he's sad. Yeah, he's a sad boy. <laughs> it's ah, oh, it's so bizarre. I I know we're being very negative about the show, but I feel negative I about I the mean, show. I mean, I don't care. I'm I, I it, like the show is so disappointing for me. I really enjoyed the action sequences. I wanna I wanna yeah. I wanna say the the very first episode, and I think it might have been the second last one, had some of the best action sequences oh. I've seen in a TV show. And they yeah. felt very Halo. Yeah. It was like, he's like shooting all these fucking grunts. And when, it, when he around. picks up like the plasma pistol. Right? And, yeah. Stuff like that. I was like, that feels like what I wanted from a Halo show. And that's partly why I think the show is so disappointing to me is that it, it has in it the DNA of a good Halo show. Yeah. Right, it had these amazing action sequences. A lot of the production design was on point. It's just that they then reused a lot of it or got really lackluster at certain points. I think there was two whole episodes that take place on the same military base, and the whole thing is people talking. And all I could think of was this is the exact polar opposite of what Halo is. There was one episode that didn't have the chief in it at all. It, yeah, it was just the rebels. It's bizarre. I'm like, if you had turned this into, and this sounds dodgy, right? Because like. I'm always talking, you know, outside of this podcast, I talk a lot about how, you know, there's there's what you call like brain Doritos films or like popcorn movies where like you can turn your brain off yeah. and how like I'm kind of sick of those and I want to do something really interesting. But I'm honest to God, if you had turned Halo into 10 episodes of balls to the wall, nonstop action, humans v covenant, 
and it ends with the glassing of reach, that shit would have been amazing. And it's people could say, oh, it, it, it lacked depth. There's no nuance. We didn't know anything about the chief. I'd be like, fuck yeah, you're right, you don't. All you know is he kills aliens. Boom. Yeah. That's yeah. all I needed. You can, we can find that more later. Right now, that's not important. Yeah, that's not important. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe there's millions and millions of people out there who absolutely froth the Halo but TV you, you, show and they love it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> well, on IMDb, it has a 7 out of 10, which... First of all, fucking shocks me. Are you, yeah, that's really surprising. I'm not it, but here's the trick. It only has 53,000 ratings. What's like the average for something on IMDb? Well. In terms of like the amount for, for the ratings. Na- na- name another popular TV show. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Let's check uh, Game of Thrones. Let's check season one because obviously that did not end well for them. So uh, no. one has to assume that its rating is quite low. Okay. So, oh, actually, wow. Here's a surprise. Game of Thrones has a 9.2 out of 10 on IMDb, but it has 2 million ratings. Yeah, right. I want to point this out that like these numbers are are generated not from um, professional reviewers, right? These are These are just user reviews. These are just users who have an IMDb account. So I don't usually put a lot of stock in this, but the yeah, difference I, yeah. between 53,000 and 2 million is fucking stark. That is Lol, Stark, Game of Thrones. Anyway, that is that is night and day, right? I mean, granted, Game of Thrones, like, in its heyday, was one of the biggest shows of all time as yeah. well. So, like, it's kind of, like, an unfair comparison as well. That well, was just the first show uh, that popped into my mind. Westworld has 487,000 ratings. Okay, which season? That's just the show in general. Okay. So they average it out over the seasons. Let me check. What's, okay. Oh, God. What's, what's, what's a show that's only got, like, one season? I'll tell you what. Let me check Yellow Jackets. That's going to be that's gonna be the real what about like What about, like, Tuca and Birdie? Oh, we'll do Chuck and Birdie, yeah. That, that, that could be a good one. Oh, this is actually really good. Okay, Yellow Jackets has a similar amount of ratings, 41,000, but has a 7.9 out of 10. Interesting. Let me see if I can find Chuck and Birdie. Well, um, I suppose we should try and think of like another like sci-fi That's show. That's what I was going to say, but there hasn't been a ton of them recently. Yeah, okay, Chuck and Birdie only has 7,000 ratings. Yeah, right. Hang on, let me, let me check something a bit more accurate. Let me check like... Um, well, Check with Just Watch or something like that. Well, while you're, while you're talking too, so another thing that I was thinking about too, like another way they could have adapted it for the show that I was thinking about is like, just adapt the first game. Like adapt them like finding the ring, exploring it, being like, what the fuck is this? Have them go through that with a covenant and then halfway through like episode five, introduce the flood. Yeah. And have, have, have that tone shift and have that horror being like, holy shit, what is happening? But I think the reason they didn't is it would have been too close to the games, and it sounds like they were but, actively steering away from that. Oh yeah, no, they, they, like these creators were definitely steering away. But like, if it was a different creative team, I reckon it would have been really cool to actually have that direct adaptation. Like, I think I think exploring that in a in a cinematic medium would be so cool. This is interesting. There's really not a lot of other similar shows that came out around the same time. So we're talking like. Single season, high budget sci-fi. There's not actually that much that 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 feels my, similar. Like like my go-to like sci-fi TV show I would think about would be like The Expanse or Doctor Who or something like that. But those those are like multiple seasons now. Yeah, it's also hard to compare. Let me check. Uh, let me check Rotten Tomatoes. Where are we at with that? That's more of a. a well, Rotten Tomatoes is also just like it's it's an it's a aggregation is that a word of people who just said they like it or not it's a thumbs up versus thumbs down it's not people giving it like a four out of five of you 
So yeah, Halo Halo has a sixty nine percent tomato meter, which is which is critics, but it only has fifty three percent average audience score. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's not ideal, man. I I do I do wonder if we're like obviously we are not the audience for this show because which it should be because we're like the audience of Halo the games. You would assume so, right? You would think so, and yet and yet. I, so that makes me question, who is the audience for Halo, the TV show? Well, I, I think they're just trying to find, like, a new audience. Yeah, maybe. Like, like you know, they're, probably, they're trying to get, like, oh, we, we're going to introduce Halo to, like, kids who haven't played it before, teenagers, 20-year-olds, just entirely missing the point that there's a very, like, established hardcore fan base with the legacy of Halo. Like, like they are absolutely going to pay attention to what this is. Yeah. You should absolutely cater for them as well. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Okay. Star Trek Discovery, which I would argue is similar enough in that it is a high budget uh, TV show and it's also on Paramount Plus. Okay. Is also a 7 out of 10. Exactly. 7.0 out of 10 on IMDb, but has just over twice as many ratings 121,000. Interesting. So I wonder if the goal for Halo was the same audience as Star Trek Discovery. Like, has Paramount Plus gone, we we can't get the fucking nerds to tune in, but we can get the people who are into the new season of Star Trek. Because a lot of people who are Star Trek fans also don't like Star the, Trek Discovery. The, this is a good point to think about too, actually. So, like, you know, when they're pitching the show and, like, developing it and pointing to be, like, similar shows that they would use as a reference point and also, like, what's your... A example user or someone who's, who like finds out about the show and starts watching it. I'm just so curious as to be like, what were the, what examples were they using? Yeah. Like, because it's so hard, clearly for us to even think of like what that could have been. What are the antecedents? Because it's not it's not what you would expect. I would have expected, yeah, um, the expanse, things like that. Yeah, and that's obviously not it. How bizarre! Could you imagine? Could you imagine a Halo show? In the vein of the expanse, fuck me. That I still I still need to watch the expanse actually. Oh, it'd be so. I mean, like, I mean, like, it's, so I just, it's it's making me sad thinking about what could have been. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. God damn it. That, that's that's one I want to do in in the future for an episode, actually. But it would be so long to play the games and watch a mm. show. But I want to do the Mass Effect trilogy and the Expanse. Yeah, I think I think diving into that would be so much fun. I but, do. But I, I, that's going to take so much time. You, I mean, maybe I replayed the trilogy recently because they did the remasters. Yeah, and it doesn't take as long as you think. Okay. It, it depends. If you do every single side quest, especially the first Mass Effect, I mean, I'd be, oh yeah, I'd be, be coming in fresh for the game, so I'd probably want to explore and do quite a bit of it. You say that, but you'll get jack of it. By, mm. by the third game, you'll be like, side quests are fucked, I don't care. <laughs> what's, okay, what's, what's the real point of this? I think the real point for me is that the Halo TV show doesn't feel like a Halo TV show. Mm. It feels like a B-grade sci-fi, old school sci-fi, as in S-Y-F-Y TV show. With too much of a budget. With too much of a budget. And they and, and, and a weird name. If they had slapped a different name on it and been like, it's not Halo, it's Hola, I'd be like, fucking sure, let's do it, right? But But trying to leverage a brand that they don't respect and don't understand has left a bitter taste in my mouth to the point where I, I, I will probably skip season two despite being a massive, massive Halo fan. Yeah. Well, I just won't watch it. That's the other thing. It's it's that like bitter aftertaste being like every time you think back on it and just how disappointing it is. Like it, it's just, 
and then whenever I talk to people about it, it's like I can't recommend this. I love Halo, but it, it's it's just it's so bad. Which is funny because I think with the game Halo Infinite, I it, think it I think, was also disappointing. But I would recommend it. Yeah, I would tell people if you enjoyed original Halo, you you should have a crack. Like at I think Halo Infinite was like was disappointing. It's a little bit lackluster, but like it's not disrespectful. It's not awful. Like you can yeah. you can definitely go in and like play it once and enjoy it. And then go back and play the, the yeah. Reach and the other games as well. What a, what a bizarre situation. I would never have guessed, you know, when I was playing the original Halo games, I would never have guessed that I would hate a Halo TV show. If I went back in time and told my young self that, he'd be like, you've just gotten old and you have no taste. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're wrong. I, I, remember, I remember being so excited when that, like, first script leaked for the Halo movie. Around a time when, when there were rumors about a Bioshock movie being made yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I still hope that happens. That that's another thing. So they are making another Bioshock game, and it's open world as well. I'm it's like, going to keep happening. It seems to be the trend. But anyway, yeah, that's been Halo Infinite and Halo the series. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, guess, yeah. I think that's it. I don't know. I don't have much else to say about about either of them. Really, I think it's. I what, what like I think I, I hate ending on a negative note. I I I want to be positive. I want to suggest that. How about this? How about this? How about we just collectively agree that the Halo TV series is a fucking fever dream and it never happened, right? And F- just, fever dream is actually a really good way to describe it. Right. It's a yeah. fucking fever dream. It's 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 if I took a bunch of mushrooms and lost a bit of my memory and then had to try and explain the plot of Halo, I'd probably <laughs> end up with the Halo TV show. That's what it is. And I think that's sad and like, okay, fine. It happened. Let's move on, right? It was a great tragedy, the, 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 the great disappointment that was Halo TV series. But it's not, it's not the end. Let's not let that show ruin any chance of a good live action adaptation, right? But, yeah. We could do a great Halo film. There could be an amazing Halo TV series. There could be. There still could be and there still should be. I think that's a good point being like thinking about Halo where it is at the moment, both with Halo Infinite and the, and the series. is like hopefully this isn't the end and it keeps going and we have really good stuff in the future and that like these two entries are just like uh, the dip in quality. You know what dip I mean? Quality. That's yeah. It. It'll get good. It'll get good. Maybe Halo Infinite will come back around. Like again – it's it, if they're doing it as a game as a service, which is look, it's what it appears to be. That's one hundred percent. Halo Infinite Two. Yeah. In that case, they have they have time to fix it. It can be good, and I want it to be good. I'm I I I deeply 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 enjoy Halo as a series. I want it to be good. I want it to be better, and I want there to be an incredible film. I would love it if like Neil Blomkamp ends up ends up getting out of director jail and comes back and does. A Halo film, yeah. or 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 the Alien movie he wanted to do, or or, Alien movie, yeah. right? Like, let's do that. I, I would love to see a, a different take on a Halo TV I, show. Neil Blomkamp could actually also be a good option for a Bioshock movie. Yeah, could be, could be. Yeah, and again too, like I I would love to see like there's um there's Warhammer 40k like short films on YouTube that like people have made. I want I would love to see a very similar thing with Halo. Just like choose yeah. like different moments and styles, and just like just do like a ten minute. Like exploration and ha- oh my and, god, yeah. pigeons! You know what you've just described? You've just described the ideal future for Halo live action adaptations. Is, it's is, like an anthology. Is, don't even worry about doing them as a series. Just do individual short fun films, little short films, little jaunts, yeah. little whatever. Right? Because you remember how good the live action commercials were for Halo Three? Yeah. That shit was insane. Was so good. The live action trailer for Skyrim, oh, for example, so like, like all of those like short snippets and right? just like, just like, 
and those are celebrations Let's as well. Let's just do that. And like you, okay, I tell you what, I tell you what I've just thought of, which is like fucking great. Oh my God, I'm such a genius. <laughs> is if- Like patting yourself on the back before you've even said like what legit, it is. Legit, it hasn't like, even I, left like my mouth. I am like, amazing, you guys. I cannot fucking believe I just came out with this. So, okay, if, if and we've talked about this a second ago, if Forge and the ability to create custom maps and, and bring the community together is what made Halo great originally, and I honestly think it is, that recipe by all means could translate and did for a while- into cinema, right? Yeah. We had machinima. Why not just do that again? Why not use Forge? I really hope this happens. I hope when Forge is released in a few months that it blows everybody away and it, it gives people not just the ability to create fun maps and weird game modes, but to do machinima again in the Halo Infinite world. It's been a while since I've seen some machinima. Right? I would love to see that happen. Love it. Yeah. We, we don't see it very often anymore, I think, because of modern games, it's very hard to be ni- manipulate them in that way to do machinima. Although, but like a lot of games coming out now do like come with cinematic tools and photo mode and yeah. that kind of thing where like, it, like you can at least like have cool screenshots. Mm. I feel like there are like a, things a like, few games that's like, that would allow for you to yeah. like... Okay, for example, uh, Ghost of Tsushima has a really, really excellent photo mode and it has an old school... Um, uh, Kurosawa style filter that you can put on. You can play the whole game cool. in black and white with subtitles. Love it. And it's incredible, right? Yeah. Incredible. And you could easily use that for machinima, but it's difficult because it's a third person view. It's over the shoulder. So where is the camera? How are you posing it? Can you make characters speak? Whereas the reason Halo works so well for machinima was they're all wearing helmets. Yeah. So to make somebody speak, you just have to move their head up and down a bit. You, you, and then you, you just, just like joystick go up and down a little bit. Exactly. Um, I think... There's room for that to come back. Like people who do stuff with Minecraft and show videos yeah. of Minecraft and, and like having their character talk to the camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what mm-hmm. they do is that they just have a, a, another like account, so another player as the camera and they move them around and then just like talk to that player yeah. and it's recorded from I mean, that's device. what Machinima was. Is, yeah. Is just, they were the third character is the cameraman. Yeah, you just remove the HUD. Yeah, you remove the HUD. And some games have a built-in system to actually lower weapons. So first-person shooters will do that so yep. you can create a cameraman. But we don't, we don't see it as often anymore. I would, I would love to see more short films and more series and stories told within the, the Halo universe using those tools. I think the future of Forge might be the cinematic tools, the cutscene tools, because that would be fucking stunning. It'd be cool too, because I know like Valve released Source Filmmaker. Yeah to do like lots of like TF2 stuff and Counter-Strike and, and like... And for a brief period, there was a ton of that. And it was you so good. You still see it. Unfortunately, now it's and, mostly porn, but... And, but like also, it's like creating those tools and handing them to the players being like, if you want to explore and dive in, here. Yeah. If, if there's anything that would be easier for you, let us know and like we'll incorporate it into the engine. Like, I, lo- I love seeing stuff like that. Like like the devs in the community actively engaging and helping each other. There you go. I put it I put it back onto the onto the audience, onto the Halo fan base. Don't be like me and just hate the show and then fucking whinge about it on a podcast. Don't do that. This is lame. <laughs> no. Instead, make the show that you wanted to see. I put it to to the world, to the fan base of Halo. If you were as disappointed as I was in the Halo TV show and you want more, you want better, fucking do it yourselves. Get out there, use the tools, use Forge. Use fucking Source Filmmaker. There'll be a way to do it. I don't know how, yeah. but there'll be a way to do it. Make make your own TV show and blow me the fuck away. Put that shit on YouTube. Stick it on Vimeo. Whatever, man. Email me. I'll try and get you real distribution. Let's do a deal here. Let's let's get in touch with 343 and not get sued. Let's do it. <laughs> let's make it happen. I just think it's silly. That, that like, would, like, 
that would be amazing if stuff amazing. like that would, would actually happen. Oh, that that that's also a really good route route for how a show like this should happen is have it come from the fans. You heard it here first. The Forge Short Film Festival starts as soon as Forge is released. We've got six months to make stuff. Let's go. That'd, that'd be ready. a fun project. Yeah. I'd be down. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been Halo and Halo Infinite. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.